The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. Thanks for joining us again on the Source of Truth podcast as we take a few minutes out of our day to look and examine God's Word. I'm glad you've been keeping with us as we've been going through the book of Matthew. Uh, This year, just jumping in, you can go back uh, through the church's YouTube channel, Grace Baptist Church's YouTube channel, or or Facebook page or my Facebook page. You can go back a little bit as we go back to the beginning of Matthew, where we picked up. And if you want to catch up from the beginning, you can do that. You can also just go uh, on Spotify or Amazon, um, Amazon Music or Apple Music and find us in one of those places. And just look for the Source of Truth podcast there, and you can go back and catch up from there on audio version. Today we're going to continue in Matthew 5 through the Sermon on the Mount as we study the life of Jesus. And right now we're studying Jesus' teaching. And as we examine this, we're going to look at a section of Scripture that, to an extent, it's not controversial, but I think it can sometimes be confusing if we allow it to, and I think it can be interpreted wrong or applied wrong or things of that nature. So let's go ahead and read in uh, verse 38. He says, But you, uh, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person. But whosoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks, and from whom him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. Now, the first thing you see, there's kind of two sections. In the first half of this, it's dealing with what we would call retaliation. So he references an Old Testament passage, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Now, that was a principle established in Scripture to help judges establish punishment. Um, And yes, it was. If there was an extremely hefty crime, if your family member had been killed, there needs to be a heavier crime. By the way, the principle still stays today. I know we're not as literal an eye for an eye tooth, we don't, we don't always take the life of somebody who's taken the life of somebody else. And some of that has to do with the reasons, the motive behind the things of that nature. But whether we like it or not, that principle still applies today. What I say by that is a person who's caught stealing from a store um, or robbing from a house, both of those are wrong, is not going to have as much, crime, much time in jail as somebody who has committed murder. Uh, that's just the that's just general premise. If somebody will go to jail for what's called aggravated assault for causing a fight, will have less time than somebody who has put someone in a coma or who has, again, committed murder. That's the entire premise. When you steal, uh, the, and especially in different parts of the country, your time in jail, if you go to jail, is all pending on how much money you've stolen. So the principle of eye for an eye or tooth for tooth is the same. The principle is the higher the crime, the higher the punishment should be. By the way, there's a great reason for that. If you allow, if you tell the world that there is no punishment for their crime, the crimes will just get worse. They will get away with it. They'll just keep going. Because if someone's going to commit a crime, I know we say today they commit a crime because they're hurting and they're, they're without money or things of that nature. And while there are going to be rare occasions where that is true, most people are committing crimes because they can. Uh, because a good person doesn't steal from another good person because they're hurting. Uh, most occasions, there are plenty of ways to find help today if you really want it, or places that will hire if you want it. So I'd state that if somebody's willing to go and hurt someone else for their own gain, majority of the time, they're just doing it because they can. They need to be punished. And if they're not, you're just telling them it's okay, it's only going to get worse, and you're only going to hurt the innocent people. So the principle still exists, and I think it should still exist. What is he saying then to Christians in this principle? 
when he says, turn the other cheek, or someone sues you, give him another coat, things of that nature. Let me just really simplistically put it. He's talking about retaliation. If somebody slaps you upside the face, it doesn't mean I have a right to beat the snot out of him, all right? If somebody sues me, I shouldn't turn and sue them back. That's really the premise. It's about retaliation. Right? If, if, you, if someone comes up and they, they want to cause grief, they want to yell at you, what, generally what we see now is somebody spews something in, in slander. They use social media or something, and they say something about you that's not wrong. So what do we do? We go back up and we, care, we destroy the integrity and the character of the person who's done that. Let me give you a principle that we use today that matches where we get from here. Your actions should not be dictated by the actions of someone else. Right, so if someone has spewed evil towards you, that doesn't mean responding in kind makes you right. right. It just doesn't mean that. So if someone comes in and says something mean to me, I should respond differently because the world's going to do that. I need to respond like Christ. Jesus at the cross could have done so many things and he chose not, in his own trial, chose not to. What he's saying is, is if you're right and you're fine, don't, don't flip out. Don't allow the wrong thinking of the world to make you do something you shouldn't do. If it's wrong to say it, if it's wrong to do it, then it's wrong to say it and do it no matter what anybody else does. And here's a principle that I hold to, and I hold to it a lot. Do not make decisions based upon the actions of other people. Do not do or think things or go somewhere based upon the actions of someone else. Make your principles based upon what is right and what is wrong. And it doesn't make a difference what anyone else is doing. You do right. So just because you've been hurt doesn't mean you have a right to go back and hurt them. Leave that to God. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Let God take care of that. Because we are representing the Lord, and retaliation is just not something we do. And don't get me wrong. There are plenty of circumstances that human realm says you have a right to do it. And sometimes you've been hurt bad enough where you feel like, I should. Now, please tell me, let me tell you what this does not mean. This does not mean that we are Christian and we let people run over top of us. This does not mean if someone breaks into your home, let them hurt your family. It's fine. That's not what it means. It literally means that I'm not retaliating in these small areas. But if you are being, if you're in danger, defend yourself, all right? Someone breaks in your home, defend your home. That is a biblical principle. These are just talking about smaller things, retaliation. There's about a lot of difference between someone breaking in my home that wants to hurt my family than someone slapped me in the cheek. You can't make those two the same. All right, that's going to be, smacking cheap is a small thing, a lawsuit, taking a coat, all right? They're not, they're not taking my life or hurting my family. That's the level of difference there. So you have to understand that. It's the small things. Don't sweat the small things, people say. That's the idea. The bigger things, yes, obviously, respond, defend yourself, all right? Then he goes on and says, um, there's one, this is a big one, verse 41. Whoever compels you to go one mile, go with them two. This is a, this is a big deal. In the day and age this was written, uh, outdoor, um, Selling was a big deal. You, you, you would farmers like a farmers market idea. You were selling a trade, something you would you know farm, something you would build, and you would sell. You put it out on a table is the best way to describe it. Well, any person can come to you and say, "Hey, I got this this you know Roman soldier, Roman citizen, because they were in prison, can come by, or they were under bondage, shall we say? They could say, "I need you to carry my goods a mile." The law required that anybody who was asked to do that had to carry it a mile. Now, please understand, you carried that a mile. You had to leave your stuff behind. Maybe you had somebody there who could watch you. But if you were alone and you left your table of goods, more than likely when you got back, it was all gone. It was all going to be stolen. What you're being asked was inconvenient. It was immoral. It was not a good thing. It was something that could affect you financially, but you had to do it. He's saying, listen, if you're going to be asked to go mile, everything you had back there is probably already lost anyway. So what is the point of doing the minimal? What do we do? Go two miles. 
Go more than you're being asked. It's the phrase we use a lot. This can happen when someone's hurting you. This can happen at work. We do this at work as Christians, okay? This is the minimal I have to do. I work 8 to 4, so I get there at 8.01 and I leave at 3.59. That is not what God is asking us to do. All right, he's asking us to do the minimal and go beyond. It's character. Let represent Jesus. So don't, don't, don't be so built into your own hurts that you don't represent Jesus. He says, verse 42, give to him who asks you and from him who wants to borrow, do not turn him away. If someone's in need, give it to him, legitimate need. Now that comes down to someone comes to me, do I give them money if they may use it for alcohol, things like that? No, there's discernment in that because you want to help them. If you give to somebody who's only going to go buy more drugs or alcohol, you're likely putting them in an even worse situation, possibly putting them in a spot of death. So we find ways to help them, but I believe we use wisdom to do that, to give them help, not just to enable them, give them help. they are biblical principles throughout scripture on that we could we could have literally gone through scripture maybe we should have done more deeper dive into some of these but the principle is the first one is retaliation Uh, be careful pick and choose your battles i guess you would say the second one really if you've already been pushed and abused go more what what a what a testimony of god that is who went to the cross before he he needed to and when people are truly in need of help it's all about the heart Everything in these few verses we've looked at are all about the heart. And may we realize that God looks on that, and that's what he wants us to have, the heart that represents him. These are not easy things. I'm telling you, they're not easy. Uh, but they are biblical. And may we strive our best to be live in peace with all men the best we can. Again, the best we can with all men, as long as we can. When that means sometimes we can't. You know, Throughout church history, people have had to fight for their own freedoms, and that is part of life. But when it happens, we just re- try to best, the best we can to represent Jesus, even in a world that wants little to do with Jesus. Thanks again for joining us on this Tuesday morning. Appreciate the privilege you've given to me to be part of your day. Hope you have a great rest of your day, great rest of your week. Hope you join us as we continue in our study tomorrow.